All right, this week on One More Pass, we have the Jets finally winning one. We have the Steelers losing three in a row. Fraud alerts. We talk about the college football playoff, and we have a couple great pod dammits. One more pass. Let's go. All right, welcome back to the One More Pass podcast. You can follow us at One More Pass on Instagram, at One More Pass on Twitter. Send us an email. Uh, guys, we actually got an email this week. Oh, um, really? Oh, yeah. From our friend Isaac Riston, great, a uh, great bass player. And like all he just says is, Merry Christmas. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> That's disappointing. I mean, it's nice, but it's hoping for a little bit more meat. So our yeah. first email wasn't even PC. Mm. There we no. go. Well, thank you, Isaac. Yes, thank you. Thanks, Syke. He is a great bass player. He's played with a bunch of people. He's actually played on a couple Grammy-winning tracks, which is kind of weird. He lives in Knoxville now. Ike, shout out. Thank you so much. This is our last episode of the year. We're taking next week off just to recharge after Christmas because it's been a long year. I think we all need to uh, just unwind and take more of a break than what we have been for the past 10 months of all this stuff going on. But yeah, last episode of the week. I hope you guys enjoyed last week's episode with Willie Donick. He was awesome. I think he enjoyed being on with us. Hopefully uh, we'll have him back sometime in 2021 to talk more uh, music and sports with us. So we were pretty pumped about that. Joey, some takeaways with the interview with Willie. I thought it was great. I, I know we had all texted a bit afterwards at just how perfectly he spoke. I know this podcast experience for all of us has given us a new appreciation for people that speak really well and make very, very few mistakes. Yeah, you're telling me, man. Lot, <laughs> not a lot of, um, uh, 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 like, but none of that. Um, and I also was pretty fascinated by him describing learning how to call hockey games. That was, um, that was pretty cool. Rob, any takeaways from our interview with Willie? Uh, kind of the same. Like I, the thing, about, you know, I've been listening to Willie on the radio for gosh, so long now. The, the, the thing I've always loved about him and the thing that kind of has always endeared me to certain commentators or sports personalities on radio or TV is just the, uh, the quality of the voice and how they carry themselves. And, you know, there, there's some people that I've always just had like a, a visceral initial reaction. Like, I just don't like Phil Sims is one of those guys that I just like, for some reason, like the moment he started calling games in the booth, I just was like, no, not a fan. Willie's, he just sounds like you're just kind of talking to a friend in a room. That's what the way he kind of, he, you know, he doesn't talk at you. He's, he's just, he's very knowledgeable and is a very great demeanor. And, you know, that's one thing I've always kind of loved about his, uh, you know, his approach. And of course it was great having him on. Yeah. Listening to him talk about calling hockey games. That's gotta be other than playing the game. That's gotta be one of the hardest things to do. It's just, I'll never forget the first time watching a game on the glass and just seeing how fast and how violent that game is. And having to be able to call that, you know, from hundreds of feet away is, is pretty astonishing, but yeah, it was great having him on. He's a great dude. Look forward to having him on again. For sure. And yeah, there's some people that I think just have the voice for commentating and the voice for radio. And it just seems like he was born to do it, which I'm yeah. very jealous of because I hate my voice and I can't talk half the time anyway, correctly. So same here. That's why we have this podcast. That's true. And that's why I edit everything, <laughs> which is great. And uh, yeah, maybe we'll get some, some emails over Christmas. One more pass pod at gmail.com. Please tell us how we're doing questions, comments, concerns. It's the virtual suggestion box. Please send us an email. That'd be awesome. Rob, was the Brad Paisley train rolling this week? Nope. Still uh, <laughs> still on vacation, permanent vacation until uh, such a time as we 
scoot back out on the road. Hopefully it'll be soon. I'm, you know, there's shows booked, I think for spring, we'll cross your fingers. Hopefully we'll get to those at some point, but, um, no, just still here at the house waiting to waiting for the call. (laughs) There you go. Joey, where was Scotty McCreary at this past week with you playing drums behind him? Uh, he was at, um, his phone texting me for, uh, fantasy football advice dealing with having to do with the Broncos. So that, that was, that was his, uh, please let me guess. Was he trying to play Gordon or Judy? Was that the dilemma? He, he was, he was, yeah, it's kind of the, um, the Gordon or Lindsay, you know, question there. Although Gordon is kind of taken over that he's had, a, he had another great game on Sunday. Wait, first off, I thought he was supposed to get suspended for his DUI. Is that happening anytime soon or did they just... The the trial got moved or, or the court date got moved to January next year, which was cool for my fantasy team too because he got to keep playing. But now he'll most likely get suspended for at least a couple games starting next year. So thank you for your concern for checking in on me. <laughs> for sure. How about you, Kyle? You were you were out all week, weren't you? Uh, no, I was at home. I definitely was at home. Apparently one of our canned performances got aired on some virtual music channel or festival that was online, which is pretty cool. It's the closest I'll ever get to playing on a festival bill with Dave Matthews and Jason Mraz. But I guess I'll take it because I'm a huge Dave fan, but I didn't even watch any of it. <laughs> I mean, it was just like, I've, I've seen our performance that I've had to check and finalize on a million times. So it was just like, okay. You were probably stoked to be on a bill with Dave Matthews band because it actually made you feel like your kit and the number of snares you used small. <laughs> exactly. Old Carter there. Yeah. But I think it was just Dave acoustic. So oh, I think gotcha. I, yeah, but I think I had the biggest drum kit on the, uh, <laughs> uh, the festival, which I still don't know why people still make fun of me about my snare drums because I, I'm back down to two. So I, I don't understand, but it's always yeah, I'm at free. Like I should be, I think I just mocked you about it for so long that I just, I just have to keep going with it. And quick side note on Carter. Cause I was super into Dave back in the day. And I'll be honest, I turned it on the other night. It's, it's still pretty nostalgic for me. Remember when, uh, Carter Beaufort put out that instructional video. And do you remember what it was called under the table and drumming? Yes. Mm, yes. I have, so I have my brother got it for me. I want, I guess I, cause I think that record came out in like 94, 95, somewhere in there. Yeah. 94. And my brother got it for me, like the VHS, the VHS tape under the table and drumming. And I actually, if you, if you look up those clips on YouTube, it's, it's kind of awesome. He's such a great drummer, man. I mean, even if you're not into his music or whatever, there's not a fill he doesn't like to play, but he's, he's a talented <laughs> dude. He is definitely the sound of that band and he still plays like that for how old he is now. I just feel like he just keeps getting better every single year. And that's kind of hard to do once you get older playing drums. Guys, I just want to let you guys know that I've just been like wearing out the killers recently because I rediscovered them again. Cause like they're one of those bands. They're just like, Oh cool. Like, I haven't like listened to them for a while. If anybody hasn't seen song exploder on Netflix killers dissect when we were young on that of course, you know, it's like, Oh shit, that's right. Dude, like the killers are fucking awesome. And then I've just been wearing them out ever since again. So have you, have you heard their, their last one that came out in April? Uh, not yet. No. Oh, dude, I'm catching it, up. It's my favorite album of the year. Got it on the vinyl. Just came in a couple of days ago. I haven't stopped. Listening. It is so freaking good, man. It's yeah. It's awesome. A uh, quick question. Uh, do you have one of those, just like one of those small little marquee things that says vinyl now playing, and then you, <laughs> you, you have the vinyl playing. 
I, I, next I, to it? I, I do not. I have a stand for the for the you know the vinyl cover kind of jacket to be up there. And when I first put it, it was really weird. I set it up there, and my phone floated out of my pocket. And it immediately tried to post it to an Instagram story. And I was like, no, I don't, I don't want to do that because I don't need to let everyone know four times a day what record I'm listening to. But no, there's no there's no now playing, vinyl now playing sign. Well, you saved $40 at Urban Outfitters. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's enough music talk. Let's get into talking sports. Yes. <laughs> Let's talk in sports. Guys, the Jets finally won a game, but it comes at the cost of their number one draft pick going now to the Jaguars. Quick question. Like, I haven't looked this up. So, like, I know that the Jags and the Jets have the same record now, why does the Jaguars have the number one pick? Like, is that just point differential? I think it's based on a strength of schedule. A strength of schedule? Yeah. Gotcha. Okay, cool. So yeah, guys, Jets finally won one, but they now have the number two pick currently if we're looking at a live draft position situation. So uh, Joey, like, what do you make of the Jets actually winning one? And do you think it was actually more of a detriment to them for them not getting Trevor Lawrence currently as we speak? It's, it's interesting that you say that. So Denver's in a position right now where they got two games left. They're out of the playoff race. It would technically be better for them to lose to get a higher draft pick. Um, and it's the worst. Like if your team is having that conversation at the end of the year, yeah, it, it's the absolute freaking worst. Yeah. It's the same with the Panthers. Yeah. And, um, and there is truth to it, but it, it still absolutely sucks. I watched a good, a good bit of the second half of that game. Um, I got, you got to take your hats off to the jets, man. Frank Gore, the ageless wonder. He played great. He's in a rushing contest with his son. Like yeah. that's how long he's been playing football. Donald looked good. Defense, the defense looked great. I mean, they... Oh, my they, gosh. Yeah. They blocked a punt, a couple, couple interceptions, like two or three sacks. I mean, they they came to play, you know. You know, as much as, much as you... And as much as we've been, we've been busting Gase's balls and he should have been fired a while ago, I think you got to give him credit. You got to give the whole team credit. I mean, they, they, they played hard. I am in the camp that even though it could potentially hurt your draft position, I still think it's better. It was be- will be better in the long run for that team to win that game. For their overall morale, shows that the players are still playing. They're still fighting hard. Um, and I thought it was impressive. I cannot believe the Rams. I think Rob was the one that texted. I can't believe that they're, that the Rams defense wasn't stepping up more. Yeah, that's to me, it was it, it was like, it wasn't like, oh my God, I can't believe the Jets won that game. I was like, how do the Rams, how do you lose that game? You're, you're in no. a fight to, to, you know, well, you know, they'll probably go to the playoffs, but it's like, you know, you got Seattle now sitting at the top of the division. It's like, what are you doing? You know, you got one of the best defenses in the league and you can't stop Darnold. I mean, it was a close game. They, they definitely made it interesting in the second half, but the Jets pretty much had that game from gun to gun. They were, they kind of had it in control. Yeah. Absolutely. I don't know. I just, I don't know how, the, I don't know how you let a team that bad come in and beat you in your own house. I, I, it's just, I don't understand, especially this late, this late in the season. I know, I know I've talked about trap games before, but that was like a, a huge trap game waiting to happen. And, and the Rams just walked right into it. You know, golf did not look great. Defense was, you know, Gore was gashing them. I mean, it just, they just looked like they weren't ready for a team that was, not good. That's kind of, it's kind of, a, and you know, if I'm a Rams fan, I'm pretty pissed. You know, they're still going to the playoffs, but that's kind of hurting them. Yeah, absolutely. And that could potentially cost them the division. I mean, now they've got, now they're in game behind Seattle and they play them in Seattle this week. So this mm-hmm. is essentially, this yeah. is going to decide the, the division, but you know, it's one thing to get off to a slow start 
which I think they were down 17-0. Yep. And they came back, you know, the Rams, the offense got clicking. And we thought, okay, even my brother texted me. And he's like, oh my gosh, are the Rams going to blow this? And I was like, and I texted him. I was like, no way, dude. Rams will easily win. They're going to pour this on. And it just got later and later and yep. later. And they, yeah. So overall, hats off to the Jets. Same thing. If you're a Rams fan, you've got to be furious. I mean, that's, it's just, it's inexcusable to have a team that has that much talent to lose to the New York Jets. I mean, there, there's a reason they hadn't won a game yet. They've got a, some talented players, but. And you know what? The Jets, the Jets aren't going to miss out on any good draft picks this year. There's, there's so many talented dudes coming out of college. I mean, Najee Harris, <laughs> I don't know if he, you know, he's a running back. He probably won't go very high, but gosh, that dude, I think he's another Alvin Kamara waiting to happen. I mean, that guy is, I, I was just astounded. Like anytime that guy gets the ball in his hands. So I, I, yeah, I think Trevor Lawrence is definitely, you know, I don't know if he's a generational talent, but he's definitely a great quarterback, but I don't think there's going to be any want for good offensive talent for people to bolster their rosters this year. So I don't know. I, I just really want to see Trevor Lawrence in a, in a Jacksonville uniform. <laughs> just <laughs> that's his destiny. Yesterday I was thinking about this. Say the Jets still keep the number two pick and uh, like nothing changes, the season ends and they have the number two pick. Do you still draft somebody with that number two pick or do you trade that pick to a team and get multiple better draft picks and possibly a player or two coming in for that uh, number two pick? I would. I would. Yeah, I, 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 I would. I would trade out of it. Um, I think yeah. that Darnold has shown enough to not give up on him yet. First of all, you, you don't take a, in my opinion, you don't take a, a quarterback that high and this is second year, I believe give him two yeah. years yeah. and then, the and then just wash your hands of him and, and, and start over again. I think you got to give him another shot. I don't think he's had a fair shot at all. Um, and then you trade, I mean, there are so many teams that wanting to get up in that position. I think you can make a huge killing on, on additional draft picks. And they do have some pieces there. Most teams in the NFL have pieces in place that they can build around. So, you know, maybe you give, uh, you give Darnold another shot. You're going to have a new, new head coach, most likely a new offensive coordinator. And you, and you, uh, you load up the draft and put some more, uh, put some more talent around. He needs some more, he needs some more weapons around him. I mean, I know yep. they've got, so that's what I would do. I, if I, if I'm them and, and you're in, in position number two and who knows, even if they get to number one, I mean, I know everyone is saying that Trevor Lawrence is, is the next coming of Christ in, in football form. Um, and it looks like he's going to be great so far, but how many people imagine them trading out of that number one spot, they decide to stick with Darnold. Imagine the haul they could get from that. I mean, there's teams that would probably give up four years of their first round pick. Yeah, Robert, do you think? I, I agree with Joey. I think with Darnold, they have a good a good quarterback. You know, he's obviously shown some some flashes of of being able to play in the league. You know, I just think Gase is a bad coach. They've had a lot of you know th that's not a well run organization. So I think there's a bit of a trickle down from there. Yeah, I say you trade down, try to get an offensive lineman, get some help at wide receiver. You know, I mentioned Najee Harris. I mean, he, you know, I don't, looking at the draft class this year, there's a lot of really good players coming kind of on both sides of the ball. I think if, if they're smart, they'll slip out of that. If, if they are in the first or second and, and try to get some more value in that first round, because they're going to need it. You know, you're looking at down the road, you know, being in the, in the division with, with Buffalo and Miami surging now. And, you know, God knows what's going to happen in New England. That's still a tough division. So if they're going to want to compete, they need to fix 
they start fixing a lot of holes. And I think this would be a good drive to do it. So let's move on to the Steelers. Rob said that they weren't frauds last week. But Rob, let me ask you this question. After losing again yesterday, three in a row to the Bengals, minus Joe Burrow, will you call the Steelers frauds at this point now? Yes, I will reassess my... (laughs) My estimation on that, and I will recant and say that yes, they they're just they're just playing bad. I mean, it's I kind of gave them a a, a little bit of a, a you know consideration just because you know Mike Tomlin teams usually even last year when when Roethlisberger was out they were playing hard towards the end of the season. It's just hard to watch a Mike Tomlin team just play so undisciplined and so like. And I think a lot of it comes from just not being able to run the ball, and then of course Ben, you know he he can't throw the ball like he used to. It's obvious, you know he's been having to. Like I've said a couple of times, he's been on my fantasy league team this year and it takes him a half to just get warmed up. And now he's just not, he's just throwing gas out there now. It just looks, it's hard to watch a team that's, that started out defensively. So just tenacious and just like hard to, nobody could run the ball on them. And now they're just getting, they're getting beat by bad teams. And it's like, well, they'll probably be one and done in the playoffs. Who, who do they play this week? I think they play the Colts. Oh, they play the Colts. Oh, that's a great game. Actually, that's got uh, that's got a couple of different ramifications. Yeah, that'll be a good one to watch. Yeah, I, I, are they playing in? Well, it doesn't matter where they're playing. Gosh, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Colts are. Uh, it's it's in Pittsburgh, and then let's see their last game. Browns, right? Oh, Raven, Raven. No, they play Browns. I think you think you're right, Kyle. That'll be also. Oh, I mean, they're really staring down. They could end up eleven and five easily. And they're playing two teams that are playing well and surging right now. So yeah. Wouldn't be surprised me if they lost both those games, uh, especially to, to the Colts because they've just got a really good defense. Yeah, fraud alert. Yeah, I completely agree. You got to take your take your hat off to um, Scotty. I'll appreciate the shout out for NC State alum Ryan Finley. I mean, he played yeah through the ball. Cool. He didn't throw for a lot of yards, made the throws he needed to. But credit to Zach Taylor and that coaching staff. Man, those those bootlegs, that touchdown run, and that huge third down conversion. Man, yeah. I mean. Tomlin just flat out got out coached that last drive when, when the Bengals just needed to to run the clock down and get some, get some first downs. That was shocking. The Steelers not being able to stop the run kind of to Rob's point was pretty shocking. Now they've had a, they showed that graphic. I think they have three linebackers out for the year. They're beat up at the linebacker position. You can tell when the running backs get to the second level, but that, that was a, Man, if Burrow's in there or a quarterback that that doesn't miss some of those touchdown throws, the the, the Bengals could have won by two or three touchdowns. Yeah. Like I, I don't, I didn't think that game was as close as the score indicated. And anyone that says they honestly think the Steelers have a shot to beat the Bills or the Colts or the Chiefs, no way, man. I mean, Ben looks like it's just like Rob said it. It looks like it takes them half to warm up. They're going to be down by 20 points if they play the Chiefs. It's going to be too late. Ben was never a running quarterback, but, you know, he had a little a little bit of mobility. He kind of shifted out of there. It, it is getting borderline tough to watch. Yeah. It looks like he's not even... It, it, look, it looks like he doesn't know what he's doing back there. And it's a shame because of how much talent they have at wide receiver. There's so many weapons out there. Yep. Um, I did love all the memes. Was it, was it Schuster? Do you do Schuster? Who's yeah. danced on the on the logo? Yeah. And then just absolutely got destroyed. So and the Bengals, <laughs> I mean, they dropped that pick at the end. They got that stupid uh taunting penalty that gave Pittsburgh a first down. Again, they they could have won that by probably 17 points or more. Big Ben just looks like he's just, 
you know, in concrete the whole time, getting like frozen like Han Solo, like every single time he tries to run or throw <laughs> Carbonite. the Carbonite. Or the Tim yeah, Woodsman, he's just out there like, oil, oil. <laughs> you know, he's, yeah, it's kind of hard to watch because yeah, he was never the most mobile guy, but he, he was so big and so strong, he could worm his way out of stuff and he always saw the field really well, but now it's just like a really, really bad, bizarro version of that guy. I was never a huge fan of his anyway, but he's such a great player, but it's like, man, he, there's definitely some tread off that tire. It's not good. Cause I mean, like he lost all that weight, like in the off season and then, you know, just thinking, Oh, okay. Like this may help him out a little bit. It, but dude, like, I don't know. Like, I mean, like, I just think he's just gone more downhill than we thought he would. Uh, like at this point of his career. So. Well, they talked about his, I know, I mean, his elbow surgery and all that they went through that. I mean, that sounded, my gosh, awful. Yeah. Even early on when they were showing his rehab and him just screaming, like trying to get through, I can't even imagine how much that hurt, but that, the the dropped interception by the, by the Bengals towards the end of the fourth quarter when Ben was clearly the the rush was coming in and all he was trying to do was throw the ball out of bounds and he just didn't he, mm-hmm. he, just, he couldn't get it out of bounds that was that was a little bit a little bit tough to watch and if they you know you start getting into the playoffs you get this uh, you get the Colts defense I mean this week you get the Bills defense you get the Chiefs defense you can't run the ball oh my god I mean all they're going to yeah. do is just come after Ben. And it, it, it could get ugly quick. Rob, do you think this is going to be Big Ben's last year? Uh, I don't know. I mean, he says he wants to come back and play next year because I think he's got one more year on his contract. Yeah, I mean, you know, bring it on. Let's let's see, try to do it. it. It probably won't be very pretty to watch, but, you know, Pittsburgh's a pretty loyal organization. They'll probably, they'll probably let him do it if he wants to, but um, I don't want to see it. If it's anything like this year, it's been kind of, it's been kind of ugly to watch. And, and, you know, and just for his health in general, you know, I mean, he's got some tough teams coming up. He could get hurt in regular season, postseason. That may change his mind. He may say, nah, I'm good. I kind of don't really care. <laughs> I was such a big <laughs> Pittsburgh fan growing up when I was a kid. Uh, I don't really care about him anymore. But like, I, I just remember like why I love that team. And like over the years watching them, it's like when, when, Tom, when they hired Tomlin, I was like, yeah, man, he seems like a cool old school coach. Like I really get behind that guy. I don't know what it is. I just never, I just never could rekindle that fandom. Yeah. Joey, do you think this might be big Ben's last season? Yeah, I I could definitely see it going that way. At the same time, you can't discount these, these guys are such competitors and athletes and they, you know, I, I would, I'm sure he probably doesn't want to go out the way this is going out. And who knows, you know, you get to the playoffs, maybe he, he wins a game or two. Maybe he goes out on a higher note, but it is kind of sad to watch, even though Denver won, the Super Bowl in Manning's last year, man, when his when his arm went and his and his his physical ability went downhill, it was tough to watch. It makes it even more amazing that he won that Super Bowl in most of those playoff games with the, number one an amazing defense, but number two just with his mind. There's a couple famous clip. There's a really famous clip of uh, they've got Kubiak mic'd up at the Super Bowl, and I think it was third and six or seven. And Manning checks out of it to a run, checks out of a pass to a run. That's just how much faith he had in his defense. And at the same time, probably how little faith he had in his arm. I don't see, it doesn't seem like that big of a drop off for, for Big Ben so far. But if you look at the Washington game and the Bengals game, very similar games, Steelers, you know, behind by a decent amount, but keeping it close. And then they had a chance to come back at the end and they just, they just couldn't do it, which that's, that's not a great sign for them 
going into the playoffs. And plus, I'm sure it's kind of hard to watch, you know, Drew, Breeze, Tom Brady, and uh, Rivers and stuff. You know, like these guys, he's kind of, you know, coming to the league with still playing at a high level. And like, maybe he still thinks, yeah, I mean, I can do that. You know, like, I don't want to be one of the first ones to just call it quits. But yeah, I'm, I'm sure that probably has a little bit of a factor too, just watching his peers. Still trucking along, still playing great. Yeah, Rob, I mean, Drew played a lot better like than I thought he would you know, this past week. I mean, like it was great to see that passing thread back, you know, because I don't think Taysom Hill would have gotten the job done, you know, coming back against the Chiefs. No, I, I think that game wouldn't be in, near as close. But, you know, it kind of was, it kind of it played out kind of like I thought it was going to. I, I kind of figured Drew would come in a little rusty, even though he practiced most of the week. He took most of the reps. It's still, it's still hard to come in. He, he'd missed several games and trying to get in rhythm with his receivers and his center and the line and everything. I mean, it was obvious that they were just a little you know, out of, out of sync. Those first couple drives, you know, they made it interesting. Uh, again, the penalties that killed the saints. I, I knew, you know, it's, it's almost like that's part of what makes up Mahone's game is that I think the way he sees the field and how he anticipates, it's like a chess game. He's like, he's looking three or four moves ahead of every defense. He's always looking for that opportunity. I think that's like, that's like his third check down is the penalty. Like he knows that's always a, an opportunity to get some yards down the field. It's uncanny, you know, and they got to him, you know, they sacked him a couple of times. I mean, he got knocked around pretty good. I think it's the first game I've seen that he got, especially that one uh, sack where he got high load pretty good. But yeah, it, he just, you know, the third down conversion for them is just almost a, it's almost guaranteed. It's, it's sickening to watch you know, whether it's third and 15, third and nine, third and three, they just seem to always get it. It's uncanny, but you know, hats off to them. They're a great team. I don't know how you defend him. You know, Tyreek Hill, you know, he caught a touchdown. He wasn't a huge factor that game, but he definitely caught some other passes. I mean, he's just got so many freaking weapons, Kelsey and you know, God, it's just, they're terrifying. Hats off to him. You know, I just, I didn't feel like the saints really had a great chance to win that game with breeze or, or, uh, or Taysom, but, um, you know, they kept it close. It was a fun game and time to move on to the next one. We got Minnesota this week. So yeah. Plus it still blows my mind that they have all those weapons and somehow, cause I think Joey, you were talking about it maybe, you know, like a few months ago, it's just like, they have all these weapons then. And for some reason they're still under the salary cap and they're paying everybody. And it's like, gosh, I mean, this is insane. Joey quickly, our uh, NFL roundup. What are the things caught your eye this past week? As much as it pains to say me about the chiefs, I got to agree with Rob. I was telling Kyle this right before you jumped on Rob. To your point about the third down, it's it's almost impossible to stop them on third down. And it doesn't matter, as you said, it doesn't matter the yardage. Mahomes is so smart. He knows there was a play where he rolled out. He was under pressure. He rolled out and it completely looked like he was going to run out of bounds. And he just stopped right before he went out of bounds. Yeah. And he threw the ball 15 yards down to Kelsey for a first down. And I think what happens, and you saw it with Jordan when he threw that punch and got tossed, and I've seen it happen every freaking time they play Denver is these defensive linemen. Your teams just get frustrated because they're working so hard. I think you have them under control. You think you have them stopped. And he just, he just makes a play like that. And unfortunately, Kelsey, who's possibly one of my least favorite players in the NFL, he knows that and he's smart. They're, they're, they're so, that's such a smart football team, especially offensively. The enemy has them, it, it, it's amazing to just watch how smart the players are. And they don't give up on a play. 
Um, and you hear announcers talk about how, you know, you can't cover a guy for longer than what, four or five seconds. And Mahomes extends the play. So these guys, yeah. they can't do anything about it. So that, that was a big, that was a big takeaway. Just, just how, how impressive the chiefs are. And I would, I would argue that they look even better than they did last year. Um, and that is tough for me to say, because I don't like the chiefs and I don't, I don't want them to win at all. The other, other takeaway I had was the, t- the Titans continue their, their up and down roller coaster. Man, when that offense clicks, it's, it's tough. There were also times when it was close. It looked like the Lions Stafford was, was making every single throw that he wanted to make. So I think a Titans Chiefs game, just a shootout could be really fun. But I think the only way I told Kyle this too, I think the only way you beat the Chiefs, I literally think it has to just be a shootout. Because I think if you get behind by more than 14, it's over. You, you yep. can't, you can't get teams cannot get defensive stops when they have to get it. Like that last series with the saints, the saints had just had to get one stop. And I texted you guys and we all knew it. Like here comes a pass to Kelsey. They're not going to run three plays in a row. They just won't. And they did it on second down and he was wide open. Yeah. Frustrating to uh, have the chiefs in your division. Know that you have to face that twice a year, every year. <laughs> Yeah. Rob, quickly, just a few other things that caught your eye this past weekend. Yeah, definitely. The, uh, the first one, I was going to mention the Titans. You know, they've got the number one offense now in the league, which is surprising because, like, I, I should be more impressed by them. Like, maybe it's because defensively they're kind of bad. Like, yeah, because, yeah, they ended up, what did they end up scoring? Like 41 points or 43 or something like that. I mean, they put a lot 40. of points, but to Joey's point, yeah, Stafford was playing well for there for a while and they, you know, they made it interesting. Um, you know, they're playing great. I, I, I hope they continue to win out. You know, I want to see them succeed, but I, I, for some reason, I'm just not, maybe it's because of the defense, the back of my brain. I'm just thinking at some point, because they're not the Kansas city chiefs. They're not going to outscore you every game like that. So Tannehill's playing well. So is, uh, I think Derek Henry got like 143 yards. So he's, He's inching closer towards the 2000. He's going to have to do some overtime. So we'll see what happens in the next couple of games. My other takeaway, and I hats off to Marcus Mariota. He balled the other night. I think there's a lot of reasons why he didn't succeed here in Nashville with the Titans. But God, he came in, he played his ass off. I mean, I know they ended up losing that game. Man, he was running for first down and, and not just sliding. He was taking full helmet, shoulder pad tackles into these defensive backs and just he dropped that one dime into, into, into wall. I mean, he looked great. Like where was that? <laughs> I mean, he did have his moments here, but God, he, I, I thought he was, I, I just got, I was so happy to see him get on the field and actually, you know, take some snaps, but man, he played great. I hope he continues, you know, they move on for car or, you know, we'll see if he plays this week, but man, he looked awesome. Anything to add to that? I, I, I completely agree with you. <laughs> Mariota was impressive. And I think he, my prediction is that someone is going to try to, I think a team is going to look at him as the next Tannehill. Maybe you give him a new situation, new offensive coordinator to see what he can do. Because, dude, he threw that touchdown pass to, is it Waller or Weller, the tight end? Dude, yeah, wow. I mean, that was a dime. It and was he beautiful. was running his ass off. And he was also, he's such a mellow dude. I don't know if you noticed how much emotion he was showing. Like you could tell. I know. Was, you never was, really saw that in Nashville because like when you hear him talk, he's like really soft-spoken, kind of a dial tone speaking voice. Never really saw, man, he was, 
he was playing with some fire in his ass. And it was like, where was that? <laughs> yeah. He looked, he looked thrilled to be out there. So it'd be yeah. interesting. I, I think, you know, honestly, a Broncos, I, I don't know what his contract situation is, but a Broncos or a Panthers or, you know, someone that, that either kind of needs a hedge potential backup quarterback, but someone also challenged for the starting spot. He should be at the top of the list. Yeah. He, he looked awesome. Yeah. It seemed like he was taking his chance finally again, you know, like after being the starter here in Tennessee, going to Oakland and pretty awesome to see him play his ass off for the Raiders the other night. Guys, quickly before we get into pod, damn it, let's talk about the college football playoff really quick. The, the rankings of the four teams came out and it's really no shocker. We had Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, and Notre Dame. Quickly, I just want to get y'all's take on this, especially you, Rob. I feel like Texas A&M kind of got hosed in this whole situation, being a fan of a team in the SEC what do you think about the rankings besides Alabama? We know. Yeah. Cause we know they're good obviously, but what do you feel about Texas A&M kind of getting the uh, hose on this one? I think they kind of got the hose, but I don't know if they're that good. I've watched a couple of their games. Kellen Mond's a good quarterback, but he's kind of like the Titans. He's kind of up and down. You just never kind of know what you get. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, I kind of wish I cared more. It's been such a, you know, for me, it's been such a tale of two cities with the football season this year because you know, NFL has been great. Even, you know, with some of the COVID issues, it's, it's still kind of chugged along and we had some great games and it looks like we're going to have some really interesting playoff races, but man, just the, the college year is like, and, and not just because, you know, LSU has been bad. I've definitely been watching a lot of games and keeping track with them, but I just, my emotional reaction and, and, and investment in this season is really taking a hit. I kind of just don't care mostly because it's kind of the same. Yeah. We all kind of knew Alabama and Clemson were going to be in the mix and that's probably who's going to end up playing the national championship game and it'll be a great game. And, you know, we'll see some great, you know, Heisman moments in it probably, but Notre Dame, my feelings aside about them historically, I mean, I know I, it basically comes down to ratings that, you know, they're going to, I think it's that team of people that's deciding who's in basically like, well, these are the four biggest, you know, teams in the, in the, in the country. And, you know, it's a big football market and we need the ad revenue. We need people watching. There's not going to be people at the games. That's what kind of bums me out. I would love to see Cincinnati or Texas A&M get on there on merit alone. But when you have two game teams like Ohio state, you know, who only played what five games all year six. did not six, including the championship game. Yeah. Did not play well against Northwestern until the second half. Trey Sermon got like 340, yards, you know, until they just started hammering the ball at Northwestern, they didn't play well. Notre Dame was, I mean, that game was over midway through the second, you know, the first quarter. I mean, it was obvious they were not going to win that game. I, I don't want to see those teams. I don't, I don't think they deserve it, but you know, we, we know, we all, I think we all kind of know why they get picked. And so those are the teams we have and, but it's going to be an Alabama Clemson. I mean, I, I could, I'd bet my life savings on it and it'll be a great game, but I probably won't care as much. Joey, what do you think about the rankings? I, I'm pretty, pretty much spot on with Rob. College football has been for as exciting as the NFL has been and the great games and the excitement and all of that. To me, college football has been the opposite of that. And there have been some good games. I mean, I, I, I don't want to discredit all of it, but the whole season to me, especially coming down in the championship games and they're not playing and it, it just kind of feels like, ah, like kind of a mess, you know, I'm not convinced that Texas A&M deserves to be in the playoff, but what did they play? 11 games. And did Ohio state end with six after the Northwestern game? Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, there's a pretty solid argument to make. Ohio State played, looked pretty rough against Northwestern, looked really rough against Indiana. I think people that are arguing that they don't deserve to be in there based on on six games and and, and a couple of shady wins, I think they haven't. I think they have an argument. Um, but Notre Dame gets completely blown out. I mean, blown out, and they're in the playoff. So yeah. it, it it's it's going to be Alabama Clemson. I'll for sure watch it. I hope it's a good game. But it just doesn't. College football was a mess this year, and I think they. They tried to piece it together as best they could and make it happen. Uh, and I'm glad that it did. Quick side note, this was going to be my pod, damn it. I decided on something else. South Carolina made a bowl game in their two and eight. Hope I didn't steal your guys' pod, damn it. <laughs> I, I thought that was a joke when Rob when Rob sent that oh, over. Oh, no. No, it's real. Two and eight. <laughs> God. Yeah. What are we? They fire their coach because they're so bad. They're two and eight, and they're rewarded with a, with a bowl game appearance. Uh, un- unbelievable. That That sums up the college football season of 2020 right there. Yeah. When I saw that, I was just like, yep, that's it right there. I'll definitely watch the the playoff games, but like, I was just like, uh, let's just, let's move on to the playoffs. When does hockey start? Like that just, it just kind of broke my heart. I guess I had higher expectations for the college football season and people kind of playing, playing ball with the pandemic and the protocols and everything, but it's just been kind of a, it's just been kind of a mess and just ready for a restart. Uh, guys, I kind of feel bad because I think, y'all's lack of excitement for the college football season. I mean, that did truly didn't start until I pointed out how long college games were <laughs> back in September. So uh, I just want to apologize for that. If I've <laughs> dashed y'all's college football watching hopes. Yeah. Cause having Ohio state only play six games. I mean, I'm really sorry, but yeah, like Indiana was kind of decent this year, but I feel like this was the year for those traditional, uh, like lower level conference teams to actually compete because of like the lack of spring ball, lack of, you know, going into each college season. Ohio State played nobody this year. Yeah. I feel like they played shitty teams. And guess what? Like if they did play against Michigan, guess what? Michigan's also a shitty team. They would have gotten beaten that game. And to struggle against Northwestern, Joey, just like you were talking about, it's like 6-0 and and they get into the college football playoff by playing six teams and having a shitty Big Ten schedule. That really doesn't make any sense to me. And also, cool, like Notre Dame. Dude, like any team that gets dredged in a championship game, for the conference championship like that should not be allowed in the college football playoff. No, I totally agree at all. Yeah. They beat Clemson in overtime at Notre Dame this past season, you know, during the regular season. Cool. Great. But to get, you know, absolutely waxed on a neutral field, which these bowl games are played on on a neutral field like that. It's just, it's just mind blowing to me that they would even limp into that and to have, you know, Texas A&M, and Cincinnati kind of just being looked over. It's just like, okay, great. Yeah. Like you only do this for ratings, but Rob, like, I think you had this like earlier this year too. I've never met a Notre Dame fan in my entire life. Like, I, I mean, like, where are they? Like, I don't know if they exist around here. I mean, like, I'm assuming like they're all up in like Indiana and Chicago and stuff. No, they're all over. Apparently they're, they're all over the country, which I don't quite understand. But yeah. And even their coach Kelly said earlier in the week that if they weren't going to allow fans into the bowl game, they were supposed, like, I think it was the Rose Bowl. It's like, well, maybe we won't show up. It's like, well, you didn't show up against <laughs> yeah. Clemson, so you might as well just stay home because, you know, so that's why they're doing it. I mean, you know, Ohio State has a huge fan base. Notre Dame obviously has the biggest fan base in the country. Clemson, Alabama, you're talking like elite, historically elite, you know, college teams with, with big fan bases. It'll bring in, you know, it's fine. It, it'll be enjoyable to watch, I, you know, I, Clemson is going to absolutely destroy. I mean, it's, they're going to, Ohio State, 
that that's not going to be a pretty game. And neither of those semifinal games are good. Alabama's going to, I'll make this prediction now. If, if they, if Alabama only wins, I don't even know what the line is on that game, but if, if Notre Dame becomes within even like two scores, I'll be, I'll be incredibly surprised the way they played the other day. And Ian books a great, he's a baller, man. That kid can play, but like, man, they could not stop Clemson. Yeah. Do you think you're going to stop Najee Harris and Mac Jones? Good luck. Pod damn it. Pod damn it. Pod damn it. All right, moving on to pod damn it. And uh, Rob Mitchell, would you like to go first this week? I would. I was going to reserve a, a pod damn it for Sean Payton this week for still trying to implement the wide receiver screenplay, which is the most stupid play in football, especially now these days when defensive backs and linebackers are so fast. But my pod damn it goes out to, well, let me set it up here. So whenever, you, whenever I go to Kroger or Publix, when you go to check out the little robot stations there, it's, it's so great. Like you're in and out of there. You put your card in, pin, boop, 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 grab your stuff. You're gone. Why is it when I go to Walgreens or CVS, I feel like half of my life is slipping away. <laughs> it's this glacial, like, you know, we're zipping around over, over these, you know, over the internet and over these over these systems, you know, little, little bits and bytes and zeros and ones, like things are flying around fast, you know, millions of gigabytes of information, you know, every minute. Why is it that I can go to Kroger or Publix and be in and out of there in like 10 seconds after I've, you know, after I've scanned everything. But yet when I go to fucking Walgreens, I feel like it's Rumpelstiltskin. I, I walk out of there. My beard is like a foot longer. It takes so damn long. Like I don't, why can't we, why is it there's some kind of uniformed way of transmitting this information where you can get people in and out of there? That's my pod, damn it. CVS, Walgreens, pull it together, man. I don't have time to sit there and put in a bunch of extra, you know, it's like language and blah, blah, blah. Do you want to use your... Enter your power uh, rewards number. Uh, your, it's your, just your, like, I, I just want to get my iced coffee and my ibuprofen and get the hell out of here. It, it, am I wrong? It, does it seem to take so much longer? Are they trying to get you to buy, you know, candy and gum or anything? It, it's just maddening. I feel like I'm sitting there watching half of my life slip out of my hands. Rob, ibuprofen and, and iced coffee. You hung over every time you go into yes, CVS or Walgreens? Yeah, that probably has, no. But I'm, I'm, <laughs> I just pick those at random. But it's just like, I cannot... I, I just, I, anytime I go into Walgreens, I know it's going to be a 10 minute invest, a time investment. I just know, even though I need one or two things, I just know I'm going to be standing there. And a lot of times, and, and not to make an, I don't mean this in an ageist way, but like a lot of times, you, you know, you get, you understand older people, they don't move fast. And I get that. I understand. I'm very, I'm very understanding, you know, if it's, somebody that's working behind the counter or if there's somebody older in line. It also seems like you get behind the one lady that comes in that's got the coupon book. Have you seen that? That's a, that's a side five damage to this. People that do, they're like their weekly grocery shopping at Walgreens with coupons. Where are you living? Like what? Like <laughs> really? And so I get behind that person. It seems like every 10th time, but just the little, the little keypad thing just seems to take forever. So please, Walgreens, CVS, figure that out. It's the 21st century. We put a man in the moon 50 years ago. 
what's your what's your glitch? <laughs> Rob, that's so true. Joey, can I go before you? Do it. Is that fine? Okay, talk about the bowl season. And this actually has really gotten me fired up. Uh, first off, by the way, uh, congratulations to the Appalachian State Mountaineers for beating the North Texas Mean Green and their Myrtle Beach Bowl that no one gave a shit about. Six bowl victories in a row. What's the trophy that look like? Is it a giant daiquiri covered in hep C? What's the... <laughs> What's that trophy look like? Uh, like it's. <laughs> uh, like, I mean, like it's actually an airbrushed T-shirt. <laughs> oh no! Uh, that- <laughs> it's a big, it's a big bong that's got like you know, Myrtle Bowl, you know, beach champs, you know. Yeah, beads around side. it. Yeah, and we, these these, oh, these colors God. don't run engraved in the side of it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Oh, the uh, airbrushing. Mm. Right. So good. <laughs> Rob, you, me, you made me lose my train of thought, but that, that was pretty funny. Um, no. So, so this is on uh, like kind of the same topic of maybe a Cincinnati or Texas A&M getting hosed or even, you know, Coastal Carolina being like the only undefeated team up there, not getting picked. Like I understand, like they play in the Sun Belt. Yeah, of course. Like they're not going to get picked in the college football playoff, but I hate the people that have the argument of Oh, well, if one of these Sunbelt teams or if one of these low-level FBF teams like ever gets into the college football playoff, they're just going to get killed. Like nobody wants to watch that. So I'm actually going to go back ever since the college football playoff started the 2014-2015 season. Uh, let me give you the rundown of some of the scores in the semifinal playoff games. And this goes out to all the people who think that the lower-level teams are going to get absolutely mauled and killed in these games. Let's see here. Rose Bowl, 2014-2015. Uh, Oregon and Ohio State, the Ducks beat the Seminoles 59 to 20, 2015 to 2016, Clemson, Oklahoma, Clemson beat Oklahoma 37 to 17. And in the other semifinal game, like Alabama beat Michigan State 38 to zero. I remember that 2016 to 2017. You have Alabama and Washington, the Clemson tie, the Clemson tied, the Crimson. (laughs) (laughs) I like my mind's already on this year. The Crimson tied beat the Washington Huskies 24 to seven. And in the other game that year, Clemson, Ohio State. Clemson beat Ohio State 31 to 0. 2017, 2018, the Crimson Tide once again beat Clemson 24 to 6. 2018, 2019, Clemson and Notre Dame. Clemson drudged Notre Dame 30 to 3. And last year, LSU Tigers beat Oklahoma 63 to 28. So don't give me the argument of, oh, well, yeah, I mean, like nobody wants to see a Cincinnati just get mauled by Alabama. Well, guess what? Notre Dame. Oklahoma, all these teams are getting balled anyway in the college football playoffs. So I'd rather see a massive underdog going there than a fucking Notre Dame or a like Ohio State again and just get mauled anyway because this is what these games seem to be. How about Notre Dame losing was 2012 when they got destroyed by Alabama in the national championship game? I think that was the Manta Teo uh, yeah. fake girlfriend yeah. year. I mean, they got, they got destroyed. So don't tell me that like these smaller teams would, I mean, like would get blown out if they were given the chance. These games are blown out anyway, half the time. So shut up. Th- that argument is just done. Pod damn it over. Joey. Uh, okay. So as much as I'd like to get past the, uh, what the Broncos lost to the Saints, the no quarterback game with the NFL decided to uh, make Denver play without a quarterback, as much as I'd love to put that behind me, a couple of days ago, the NFL, shocker, they went ahead and added a new rule. And the rule is that if you lose all of your quarterbacks late in the week because of COVID protocols, you now are allowed to sign a quarterback off of another team's practice squad and start them on Sunday. So they 
made that rule probably because of the outrage and they saw what happened with Denver and they were like, uh, this probably isn't a good look for the league. So they wouldn't do it for Denver. They couldn't make an exception. They, they made Denver play an NFL game without a quarterback. And then less than two weeks later, they just went ahead and added this emergency rule that allows a team to sign a practice squad quarterback off of another team. Even though Denver Right. Denver tried to let one of their assistant coaches, who was a high, who was a college quarterback, play. The NFL said no. They also tried to they petitioned to see if they could move the game back even a day, so they could do something like that. The NFL said no. And then two weeks later, they do this. It's so frustrating that the NFL did that. Number one and number two, the hypocrisy. I don't care what anybody says. If that was the Saints, the Bucks, the Chiefs, the Seahawks, there is no freaking way they would have made that team play without uh, without a quarterback. There's just no way. Worst case scenario, they would have postponed the game a week. They did it for the Patriots, Cam Newton. So, as much as I got to take my hat off to the to the NFL for getting through this season. And for the most part, doing a pretty good job. They freaking blew it right there. And they owe the Broncos a huge apology. They, they never will. But that's garbage. You change a rule for everyone else in the league now that they're like, oh, we're getting close to the end of the season and playoffs. We don't want this to happen. But because Denver, who, oh, by the way, if they started a real, started a quarterback in that game with Breeze out, I think Denver had a shot that game. And they still were in a wild card race at that point. That is like, so freaking frustrating. Pod damn it. And that wraps up this week's episode of One More Pass. You can follow us at One More Pass on Instagram, at One More Pass on Twitter. One More Pass Pod at gmail.com. Shoot us an email, please. And yeah, this is our last episode of the year. So, Joey, what are your parting thoughts for 2020 to our pass receivers? Congrats, everyone, on making it through this year. Keep wearing your mask. Uh, maybe instead of going to see your family and friends, maybe call them, FaceTime especially if you're in Tennessee, my Lord, it's, it, it's not good here. There's a light at the end of the tunnel, but it would be uh, nice to have as few deaths as possible until we get there. So just, just hang on a little bit longer and uh, looking forward to, I think it's five straight days of football. Yeah. Cause Saints Vikings is Christmas night and then we got Saturday, Sunday and Monday. So uh, yeah. Happy holidays, everyone. All the past receivers. Rob, what about you, man? Just everyone stay safe. You know, have, have a great Christmas and, and New Year's. Try to, you know, use good judgment on what you do and where you go and how many people you're hanging around. Please wear your mask and just uh, remember that uh, we're all in this together. Alone. <laughs> no, seriously, just everybody be safe and be smart. And let's just, I, I hate to use the year as a construct. Oh, it's been a terrible year, but you know, we still got a, we've still got a long fight ahead of us with all this and just, you know, everybody just be safe and smart and let's get to next year and hopefully we can all get back to work and you won't have to listen, listen to us complain about not working anymore. All right. We will see y'all in the new year, 2021.